It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi. Welcome to Remote Control, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking about This Is Us with star Milo Ventimiglia. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and I'm here with Milo Ventimiglia. Hi. Hi, Deb. How's it going? It's going great. I'm happy to be here, always. Good. good. Always good to talk to you. Likewise. So you've started production on season three. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. We, uh, I've already wrapped the first episode. I'm next week wrapping the second episode. It feels like that comfy old jacket that you put on that you're comfortable in, and you've, it's you know the the elbows are a little worn out, but but you know how it fits and how it feels, and when when you're gonna want to wear it, so it's it's the best. Is it getting easier or harder to play him? I think it's getting a little easier to play Jack. Jack has become more instinctual for me. I think in the first season there was let me discover this man, let me really understand the notes of his past and how they reflect into his present, which of course is in the past. Um, but let me take the written word from Fogelman and the writers and then just build and then find inspiration in my own world, like my own father, my close friends that are fathers, things like that. So then season two is kind of continuing that, go a little deeper, go a little deeper. And then season three feels like, okay, I know this man, I act on instinct with him. So be prepared. You know, learn the lines, do them early, so that when you show up on set, it's just beat. So. And I'm sure it feels the same way with the chemistry among the cast. I mean, I know you don't yeah. get to work with so many people, but certainly with Mandy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, where Mandy started as a complete stranger, um, she's one of my closest friends now. You know, because you do, you spend so much time together, and, and it isn't all work on set. You You invest in people's lives. And, you know, when I've had a hard time, I'll be on set and... Mandy sees it, and we'll talk. Or if she's had a hard time, like, I see it, and I pull it aside and we talk. So, you know, having that confidence in spending time with friends and being creative with friends and making art with friends, it only deepens what is shown on screen. It really, really makes a huge, huge difference because you're not in it alone. Sure. Yeah. And I think that comes with the writers, too. I mean, I know you guys have a really close relationship with the writers on the show. Yeah. I mean, they they really are the most dynamic minds I've come across in a very long time. You know, um, for me, I'm very much one of those actors that that respects and acknowledges the written word, and, and that being the first step of the job. And as an actor, like, going back to that and, like, really examining it and letting it kind of soak through my being, and then I'm the one that emotes and adds adds that emotional experience, that visceral experience of what these words on a page are. And what I found was over the three seasons, the writing is so good that the lines just kind of appear like real thought. 
There's no forcing. There's no fighting against the words. The words are so well written and so tailored to, I know, each of these characters that they have our voices. And it, it makes the process, like, it takes me a minute sometimes to learn lines. Like, I really have to work. But when they're good, they soak in so fast and and every script I'm always surprised because I I could read it once or twice I'm like okay I got it you know it's 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 a very freeing thing as an actor when you don't have to fight the words the words are just there how much do you think they're writing to you and your abilities at this point um I don't I don't know if they're writing to me or abilities but I don't feel like they're holding back I feel like Jack's experience and what he's going through and uh, where he is on his journey at, at different junctures in his life, you know, they're they're really demanding uh, that experience of, of knowing this man. So I don't see them pushing me, but I, I really feel like they're not holding back. You know, it's, it's, it's a lovely tennis match. Uh, you know, they send one my way, and I send one right back to them a little harder. And then they send it right back harder. You know, it's that's kind of the joy of, of what this whole experience is. There are talented people that are rooting for one another. You know, I, I, I've been on a lot of sets, and this feels like the most encouraging set of artists that are really wanting each of us to do well and, and uh, you know, be, be lifted to, uh, to a level that maybe we, we wouldn't have had because we wouldn't have had the support. I know they're also pretty good about telling you what's coming up for your character so you can play to that end point. Given yeah. that, how does this season compare for you? Um, I mean, I know it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because da- because Dan and, and Isaac and Elizabeth and, and KJ and all the writers have shared with us. So I was aware going in what Jack's journey for the season three was. Um, but script to script, I'm, I'm learning the, the little things, the little moments, the, the small things that collectively make up the larger pieces of who Jack is and in whatever time we're discussing, whether it's, you know, Vietnam and uh, his experience there and and for the audience learning about his brother um, or maybe an early courtship of Jack and Rebecca, you know, stuff like that. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're right back into it. It's great. It's great. I'm so happy. Does that help you knowing where the character is going by the end of the season to hit all those notes along the way? Yeah, it does. It really does. You know, I mean, there is, there is the mystery of life. We don't know what today is going to bring, but also I'm not afraid of it, right? So there is a little bit of discovery every time I read something for Jack. I know where he's going. I kind of know what I want to accomplish with that, given his history, given his impact to his kids, given his impact for his his wife after he's gone, but but knowing where he is and, and then discovering these little moments script to script, it's it makes it exciting. Because I I can they can tell me the overall and then I can dream about it and be like, oh wow, what if he said this? What if he did this? Whatever. And then I read the words and I'm like, God, they're so right. They're just so perfect and, and anything I can come up with may not be as good as what the words are because the words are so great. So now all I have to do is just trust in the words and trust in Mandy and trust in our crew and trust in you know our directors and everything and, and just have fun. How does it feel to have gotten the whole you know hubbub about Jack's death behind you? Is that a relief? Is it? <laughs> I'm sure we'll find something new for people to 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 hang their questions on. 
But I'm happy that that one is done because I feel like a lot of the audience really was wounded that they didn't find out at the end of the first season exactly how. So, And, and Dan was aware of that. Mm-hmm. Fogelman was very aware of that. So he wanted to make sure, okay, first episode back in season two, we're addressing that. And then you don't have to wait to the very end again. We're going to do it right in the middle of the season or, you know, third beginning of the fourth quarter of the season. Here we go, football references. Steelers, <laughs> go Steelers. Um, I knew you had to get a plug in. <laughs> I know, I got it. I got it. Go Steelers. Um, but... But yeah, I'm, I'm happy that that's done. I'm happy that that story is told because I think people really, they they just they needed to know and they didn't want to know and it was it was holding people up. I, I know like we have a crew member, uh, one of our electrics who still hasn't watched the last two episodes. Oh my god! And, and he's on set every day and he sees what we're filming, so he knows. But also, I think this stuff is so deeply emotional mm-hmm. to him and other other audience that they just like. They just can't watch it yet. They just can't watch it. I'm like, guys, I'm like, no, no, no. You found out about Jack in episode 14. It's fine. It's fine. We're good. We're past that. Watch the really beautiful episode. There's a little bit of happiness. So. There's happiness allowed. Yeah, and tons. All, tons. Happy things can happen for the Pearsons. It's not all tragedy. Correct. Correct. How's his life? You know? And that was one of the things I think the reasons why the show resonates so much. I was I keep telling this story, but it really stuck with me. I was on a panel recently, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the success of This Is Us, and someone said, "Oh, it's because it's about you know transracial adoption," and someone else was like, "Oh no, it's because it's about weight issues." And I was looking at both of them, and I was like, "No, it's because of the death of the father. Like my father died, sure. and that was so meaningful to me." And sitting there in that moment, I thought, "Well, that's exactly it. Like everyone has something to hang their hats on. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a family. Everyone's got some issues that they've dealt yeah. with, and that's what the show co- taps into so well." Yeah, yeah. I and 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 that is, yeah that 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 is why the success. I think it's it is relative. It is it is worldly. It's it's beyond culture. It's beyond gender. It's beyond race. It is human. And. Dan Fogelman is so good about giving that human experience and making someone feel welcome to understand that their lives are not too dissimilar from ours as the characters. You know, we're, we're just showing a version of life that maybe someone else is living, you know, through uh, a weight experience or um, a transracial adoption or the death of a, a family member, any of that stuff. We're just displaying family and love and life. How do you play Jack? I mean, we were talking about on the way down here that he's not perfect, but he's a good man. Mm-hmm. How do you embody that without making him sound so, you know, idealized? Um, I think it's accepting flaws in myself. I think it's having expectations that aren't unreachable of other people, knowing that we are going to slip, we are going to trip, we are going to stumble. But if we, as human beings, as men and as women, are really kind of letting our, 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 our golden spirit, our golden heart, you know, kind of lead the way, then, you know, what is it, to, to, to err as human, you know, or I've got, what was that? It was a Shakespeare quote, man. My college professors would hate me right now. Um, <laughs> to oh, human is forgive is divine. Forgive is divine. There you go. Um, but, I mean, you could just, like, stop it right in the middle, you know, to err as human. Human beings have, make mistakes. Human, human beings have faults. Um, but then if, if you push through, you know, this idea that Jack is a good man, I don't know. I, I think about it myself just in life, you know. Like, nobody's perfect. Not a single person, not a single thing is perfect. You can find beauty 
in a lot of life and experiences, and you can find grace in a lot of life and experiences. But nothing is, is that quintessential perfect. And it's the imperfections that I think make something more rounded and, and more relative to, to all of us. So I think I try and accept my flaws, um, accept Jack's flaws, and at the same time not, my, not let my own experience get in the way of Jack's experience. Because it really is one of those unique things. I was, I was telling you when we were walking in that this third season, I feel like I'm acting on instinct for Jack. I know the man. I know him so well that when we're leading up to the moment of action on set, I, I Milo, take a back seat, and I let Jack have his experience. And Jack is alive for those moments when the cameras are rolling, and that's his. And I try not to get in the way of that. You know, um, I feel like I'm I'm sitting there and everything else is just moving, but it's Jack. It's not Milo. So I just I try not to get in the way of, of what he needs to do to be be alive. So, what versions of Jack's story are we getting to see? You mentioned Vietnam, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Jack and Rebecca's origin mm-hmm. story. Is that where this season kind of lies? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know we're always going to bounce back and forth, and you know the nice thing is a lot of the past informs the present, or. Things that happen in the present reflect on the past. So, uh, you know, storylines with with Kate are going to reference back to her childhood. And, of course, same thing with Randall. Um, Challenges that he comes up against. And Kevin, you know, things that he comes up against are always going to go backwards. But uh, we'll be in the 90s. We'll be in the 80s. We'll be in the 70s, the 60s. We're kind of spanning a lot. I'm kind of like, all right, man, don't you know, don't let the gray out too much or wrinkle up too much throughout the season. So I'm just I'm doing my best to to be kind to our hair and makeup department and not change too much. I was just gonna say that sounds like a lot of time in the hair and makeup chair. It does. It really does, especially when we are jumping so you know so drastically. You know, um, you know, Jack when we meet him in 1980 is bearded like big beard, longer hair. Jack when we know him in Vietnam, imagine he's a soldier in Vietnam, so he's not. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to hang on to the hair, to the, the beard, and all of that. So again, thank God for our hair and makeup departments, and and because, well, they they are a part of the performance as well. Just like our wardrobe department is part of the performance. You know, we've got these talented artists and artisans that that are so adept at their craft that they. It helps my job. Like I just have to show up and be, mm-hmm. and they're they're creating as well. It's 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 interesting. It's like Mandy and I would go through this, you know, at the end of age makeup or even in our fifties when we play in our fifties, we take our makeup off. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm not fifty four, right? Or her, she's not in her sixties. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get get that off at the end of the day and think, God, what a blessing it is to have that addition to what we do as creatives. We don't have to sell the age with a performance as much because the clothes fit a certain way and the, the makeup and the hairstyle is a certain way. So it's really just it's, makes our job a lot easier. The show's been really ingenious, too, in find, figuring out ways for future Jack to sort of show up and interact with his kids. Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to see more of? Oh, yeah. Selfishly only so that I can work with, uh, with Justin <laughs> and Sterling and Chrissy. And hopefully maybe someday, you know, Chris Sullivan and, and Susan. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's been the biggest heartbreak with the show is 
my experience through the characters limited to the time he was alive. Mm. But Dan, knowing that, I mean, Dan being a very kind <laughs> boss, uh, he doesn't want to hold us back from getting to play in the sandbox together. So he always finds a way. He finds a way. And I already know a couple moments where, where I'm with uh, the adult big three this year. So, and, and they're great. They're so good. They're so good. So satisfying personally, but also uh, story, story point, story-wise, it's right. It's right. Looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, yeah. What's also a revelation, though, with the, you know, the younger version of the big three, those kids are tremendous yeah. actors. Yeah. I mean, you really see the future versions of themselves in mm -hmm. them. They, they work hard to make sure that those characters reflect where they, where they end up, you know. Um, I've seen, you know, the, the, the kiddo big threes, you know, um, uh, Parker, Lonnie McKenzie start very excited season one. Like, wow, we're on a TV show. Wow, this is cool. By season two, like they're kind of pro. Like they show up, they're cooler. They know their, their thing. It's not a much playing around. Like they're a little more focused, you know, and, and, you know, I would see Lonnie or, or Parker like really kind of look at Sterling and Justin and then you jump to the teens, and wow! I mean, Niles just beautifully reflects that middle, that middle part of who Randall is, and so does Logan, and so does Hannah. I mean, it's eerie those moments where I'll be playing a scene with Hannah, and I just start thinking about Chrissy, or I'm playing a scene with Niles, and I start thinking about Sterling. I'm playing a scene with Logan, and I start thinking about Justin. You know, and that rounds out the experience for me is knowing that it's just like that that fifth episode of the first season where Justin has that beautiful speech about we're all in the painting mm -hmm. before we were there and after we die we're always there I think about that I think about how I'm part of them and they're part of my experience here even though we don't get to um, dance so much you know so it's really a beautiful beautiful thing to see these talented young actors, the, the little big three and the medium big three, uh, emulate and reflect what the adult big three have kind of set up. And also going backwards, going the other way around, mm -hmm. you know, seeing Sterling like, yo, my, did you see that thing that Niles did? What? What? You know, and uh, it's just, it's cool. It's, it's cool. It's really, really fun. And they really put through their paces. I mean, that fire scene was tough. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, no, no. No one's being let off the hook. No. You know, you have to show up. And there, there have been even challenging moments where I, as the 23-year veteran of the business, you know, look at these young actors, and they're starting in the same age roughly as when I got professional as well. You know, I think Niles is 17 now. Logan is uh, 19, and Hannah's 20, almost 21. But I remember being their age and being in this business and, and knowing where I was with my art with my work, with, with my craft. And I see them sometimes struggling. So I get to pull them to the side and say, hey, let's have a conversation. And like really get to embrace that, that side of being able to share an experience that I had to help them grow and push through a tough time as a young artist. Because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It is really hard. But they have this beautiful moment right now. And they all know it. They all know it, which is great. They respect the position that they're in, very much so. What about for you? What's the hardest part of playing Jack? I think letting go sometimes at the end of the day. You know, 
this is definitely one of those shows that when when I'm in it, I'm, I'm so enamored and I'm so in love. And, uh, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, I, I get a little heartbroken when I've got to walk away from set because it is such a joyous experience. And for Jack himself, he is... His time is limited. All of our time is limited. There, there is going to come a time, you know, for all of us where, where we take our last breath. But for Jack, we know when it happens. But I can't lean into that too much. He just has to exist. So, you know, a lot of it is not leaning in too much to make it too heavy-handed, knowing that last moment for Jack. Because I think if I play into it too much, then it's it's too forced, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas like all of us in our days, like we still gotta wake up, gotta get breakfast, gotta get to work, gotta get to the gym, gotta visit this person, gotta go visit that person, gotta you know, live life, <laughs> stop stop for a bathroom break or you know uh, a quick meal if you can. But but um, so even though we're kind of seeing these bigger moments for Jack and for the family, it's understanding that they are big moments but Jack has his low moments Jack has his downtime too and not pushing it but just letting it happen you know because I, th- I think instinctually a lot of people would say well you know wh- how what are you going to do because you know at a certain point at 54 years old or I think it's 54 he, he dies and I'm like yeah but we never know when we're going to die mm-hmm. So I, I, I liken it to we don't know that moment that we will expire. But that doesn't make me slow down on life. It makes me embrace it. It makes me really, truly want to exist in the present as much as I can. And I've kind of pushed that into Jack. You know, Jack loves his family. Jack loves his kids, his wife so deeply that he just wants to exist. He even says it. I think it was in the first, maybe, this, maybe it was in the second season, first season, I can't remember which one, but he just wants to slow down time a little bit, like taking the videos. He wants to like hold those moments, almost like William. And it's, uh, that's the hard part, is knowing, knowing his expiration date, you know, and not pushing too hard. Is there one version of Jack you like playing particularly? <laughs> Mandy and I talk about this a lot. We definitely like Jack, Jack and Rebecca in the 80s. I call him Mustache Jack. <laughs> uh, things feel a little lighter, you know, getting past that second episode of the first season where it's like, you know, hey, Jack, you got to clean your act up. No more drinking. Great. Um, but those times are a little more fun. They're a little lighter. I know, especially for Mandy, because uh, when we're in the 90s, there's arguments, there's Jack's death, you know, um, so we, we like the 80s. The 80s are fun. The 80s are a lot of fun. You know, and, and with the kiddos, we're all super comfortable together, and we're playing more fun notes as opposed to the heavier teenage notes, you know, or uh, even like Jack and his, like, way past. But they're, they're all enjoyable for different different reasons, you know. But Mustache Jack is kind of kind of like he's, – he's always, like, the most fun. He's fun dad. Fun dad. Yeah, fun, like fun dad. dad. Yeah, fun dad's fun. And um, least favorite version of Jack? I never really liked Drunk Jack. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and a while back, my uh, my best friend, Russ, he was talking about uh, uh, doing a southern accent. I did this movie in Georgia, and 
I was trying to have a very slight Georgian accent, and he said, you know Foghorn Leghorn? I said, yeah, yeah, the big, the big rooster. And he goes, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So you kind of liken it. It's like, you know, playing drunk isn't even about really showing you're drunk because Jack had a version where he couldn't show that he was drunk. So it's like, oh, man, what is that? What, what's the decision-making that happens in those moments where he can't let it be known that he's been drinking all day? Mm-hmm. Um, technically, sure, it's a little harder, but at the same time, like just the, 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 the underlying feeling of why Jack is drinking, that's just it's painful. Like We as actors have to wear the emotion of our characters, and I know I've very much experienced what Jack experiences. So in those moments where he was drinking, like, it's painful. Mm-hmm. It's painful why he was drinking. It's when he was arguing with Rebecca, it's painful. I, I as a human being, as an, as an actor, have to soak through and process those things so they don't turn into negativity in my world and, like, mm-hmm. learn to let go. So those are the hardest moments to play when you know it's like, God, this one's going to be hard to shake. It's going to hurt. And I, but I've got to go through it. Like I remember being in college and... You know, doing workshops and playing these like really distressed characters, and I'd be in it. And then the second I could walk away from that character, here comes the emotional letdown. Here comes the break, and he, you know, it's just it's tears and it's crying and it's sobbing. It's like, you know, quietly shaking in a corner just to rid yourself of this experience that is that you, that you hope your loved ones never have to feel. Is there one question you have? I mean, I know you know so much about what's happening for Jack, but is there one question you have that still hasn't been answered yet? Nothing specific. You know, I, I try as an actor to not get ahead of the scripts um, or ahead of what's been given to me. You know, when I was younger and Gilmore Girls ended, everybody's like, do you think Jess ended up with, would have ended up with Rory? I'm like, you know, I, when the show ended, I didn't think about anything. Like, I don't know. They stopped writing it. I'm just, I show up, I... I, I wear the makeup, I read the lines, I, I exist as these guys, and then I move on. So I wouldn't say that there's a question that's been on my mind as to who, to who Jack is or, or what he's done or anything. I, you know, I think everything will, everything will be revealed as it's supposed to be. So I'm just trying to do my best to be present with him, be there with him like every step of the way, shoulder to shoulder, you know, and, and allow him to live through me. Um, is there one question fans should be asking? Is there something that you can reveal about this season? Oh, man. I mean, I think everybody should be asking about what happened to his brother. Mm-hmm. I think everybody should be asking about, you know, it's is it a storybook coming together of Jack and Rebecca? Is it not? You know, I think we found at the end of the first season that well, she had another date she was supposed to go on, and then she blew it off, and so she went to sing, and then they met, you know. Was it as easy as they are in, in, you know, the 80s and, you know, pushing through the bad stuff in the 90s? Like, was it that easy? I think that's a pretty good question. Mm-hmm. You know, being an individual, sometimes it's hard enough to sit in our own skin, but then being a couple, it's like it's really hard to take two different minds and, and share a life. It's very difficult, you know. How much do you think that experience in Vietnam shaped Jack? Greatly. It shaped him greatly. I mean, um, war is a horrible thing. I think it gets glorified to some degree um, through heroics, through changing of world events. But war itself, every 
every man and woman that I've spoken to that has been in the theater of war is forever changed because of it, because of the atrocities they've seen. The um, It's just not a good thing, you know. So there's no way that it can't impact him. And what we'll learn through the season is, is um, you know, how it has impacted him. You know, because I always think about, well, Jack is a good man. Why is he a good man? What happened to him in his past that, you know, here you go, here's my question. What happened to him in his past that allowed him to say, I'm choosing to be good? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think we, we do know that he didn't quite have the best upbringing. You know, the best relationship with his father. He lost his brother when he was young. His mother might have had some problems. So he had a lot working against him. But he's such a good man. How 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 does the good come from maybe so much against him? So that's that's what I look forward to to discovering is is the bad that he was facing when he was younger and when he was a young man. Mm-hmm. Given all of that about Vietnam, is that why Kevin's going back there? Yeah, probably. I don't think Kevin's going on vacation. I don't think so much. Yeah, no, I don't think Kevin's going on vacation. <laughs> Although it looks like uh, he and Zoe would have a lovely time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's some beautiful beaches and, and culture to see in Vietnam. But no, I, it's definitely the reason. You know, Kevin's struggle with accepting his father's death and, and his part in it, like him not being around, uh, that's got to be difficult. You know, I was just watching, uh, I think it was episode... 15, I think it was called The Car. Uh, it was the scene after the funeral where Kevin and Randall get into an argument at the service when Kevin sees Randall wearing their dad's watch. And it comes to a head when Kevin says, you know, a real man would never have let dad go in. I would have never let dad go back in that building. And he said, you're never there, Kevin. You know, Kevin never faces himself. So, and I think Justin has done such a beautiful job of taking that entire childhood experience, processing it as he's gotten, you know, in his in the adult years, and and coming to those really heavy terms of acceptance. Because you can push things down as much as you want, but at a certain point, it's all going to bubble to the surface. And unless you deal with them, you accept them. And try and hopefully maybe even like make right mm-hmm. some some maybe dismissal of the past or whatever you know then is when you can like really move on in life. So I, I hope that for Kevin. There's clearly a lot to follow up on in this season. I mean, mm-hmm. we also want to know who the her was in Randall and Tessa's conversation. I'm assuming. Oh you yeah, know. that's a big question. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I won't tell. I won't tell. It's really. It's. I mean, I think that will be something that will take time there is no real I feel like Jack's death that was like we gotta know now mm-hmm. the her and who they're talking about you know because it is in that future it's like yeah what it, it begs the question but we don't even know enough about it to really need to know now you know, but I think there is a plan uh, that Fogelman and Isaac and Elizabeth have, have worked through to slowly unravel that and, un- and unwrap it so that the audience knows who that her is. And it's, I mean, it's really, it's really beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. 
I think having delivered on the answer of Jack, I think the audience now trusts that we're going to be taking on this journey. We're going to get the answers to the questions we want. We just may not get them right away. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's episodic TV on network, man. <laughs> you know, it do. come it comes once a week. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> we need we need time to shoot it and work on it, and you know, God bless the streaming sites to say, hey, here's everything for the season. But I also feel like that's that's like it's like a bag of candy at Halloween. Never good. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the pie of the month club. Yes. You know, you get a nice little, you know, sweet something every month, you know, whereas network television, you know, it's 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 once a week for, you know, 10 weeks and then we're off for a couple and then we come back. But, yeah, all, all things will be revealed. All, all questions will be answered. It's just, it's it's our way of storytelling. And traditionally, that is the way of television storytelling. So... And there's something to be said for that. I mean, this way you can have that sort of conversation on a weekly basis, certainly on social sure. media with fans and really engage with them, and yeah. they can take the time and absorb the episode. Yeah, yeah. I think it's – I understand binging. I do. I get it. I've done it before. When you're on a roll and it's all there for you, you're like, great, I'm going to lock myself in for a weekend or a week or a night and just go through. You know, I've definitely done it. But there is something nice that it's a slow roll because you get time to process as well you know and then sometimes maybe you'll go back and and you'll rewatch something and you'll say oh wow i missed that and i didn't see that because you know you're not taking in the whole box of chocolate again one at a time <laughs> one little one little square at a time i don't know why all my references are food maybe, <laughs> i'm with you because that's I, really good. <laughs> <laughs> i just ate too much chocolate and now i have a stomachache. <laughs> oh totally i know i was like i was like can you do can you tell that i have a sweet tooth now yeah. mandy and i actually have a little a little stash in our chairs of like sweets because at some point in the night, sometimes it's like, hey, hey, yo, man. I'm like, you, uh, you want some sweet tarts? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Sugar is very important. Totally helps. It totally helps in production. Yeah. And then um, I know Dan has said that he doesn't want to stay too long at the party. He wants to leave when mm-hmm. you know everyone's still enjoying and celebrating the show. How do you feel about it? How long do you want to see the show run? Uh, I, I want to see the show go as long as it needs to go. You know, um, I trust Dan. I believe in Dan. And I've been in this business long enough to know that at a certain point, things will end. And that's okay. Mm. That's okay. You know, I've, I've, uh, I accept that there is a moment in time and, and a capsule, let's just say, of, of when something works. And you don't need to bastardize it just because, let's say, it's so good. But if they get to a point, and I know Dan has an idea of the ending and, and how it all leads up to the ending, and I know what that ending, and, you know, I, I think in a, in a very sweet way, that's Dan also giving something to the audience, is enjoy it, enjoy life. Enjoy the show, enjoy your life. Enjoy the experience. But at a certain point, like, we're going to move on. Like, at a certain point, like, we are all going to leave the room, you know? So it's 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 just Dan Fogelman and his storytelling. I, I, whatever he wants to do, I'm just like, Dan, I'm in. I'm in. I've, I've, I've yet to find a, a challenging moment where I'm like, I don't, I don't agree. It's like, no, no, Dan. Like, I'm lockstep with Dan. He's, he is the kindest of men, and he's the greatest of bosses, and he's the most talented, fiercest of writers. So if... At a certain point, says, you know, I think we're good. It's like, great, let's move on. It's okay. We're all, we're all going to work and find other experiences. But I do know that this job will be the job that everything else gets compared to. Wow. You know, 
It's like, and, and when I know when I have those moments where I realize that, where I truly understand that, then I'm grateful. You know, like I just I wrapped up this movie, and I'm sad to finish this movie I just did. Um, and I was sad, but somebody said, "Well, you know, you're sad. Like, how do you feel about that?" I said, "I'm grateful." I'm grateful to feel sad because that means it was important to me, you know? So given all that, what does the Emmy nomination mean to you? Um, it's interesting because I've never, I've never been one to, to, the work has always been the most important to me. The fact that people watch the show has always been the most important. Uh, the fact that, being on set is the most satisfying. I've never needed the approval, uh, applause of anyone in any of my peers. So it's a bit surreal for me. Um, and it's, if anything, I always hope I can inspire younger actors that are seeing the work that I'm doing that's being recognized. That's what I that's what I enjoy of an Emmy nomination is maybe someone, a young kid in the middle of America or in a foreign country is going to watch me a little closer because they know my name and they're going to see the work that I'm doing and be like, I want to do what he's doing. And that inspires them to go into the arts and push through all the no's and push through in life and like be mentally strong when you have to be emotionally vulnerable as an actor. So... I like that aspect of it because hopefully I can inspire, you know, the next generation of, of actors or even like my peers, you know, it's, it's, it's nice when maybe actors that I've worked with or known socially or whatever in the, in, in the last 23 years will shoot a message of congratulations and then it sparks a conversation and, you know, then you're having lunch or dinner or whatever, and you realize, wow, we've all been doing this for so long, you know? And at some point, yeah, maybe I'm in the spotlight, but maybe we can turn the spotlight on them too. I I, I look at it as a very positive thing, um, but also, you know, I'm, I'm mildly uncomfortable in the spotlight, even though that's what the job is. So I, I, I try and just represent the good side of what we get to do and be grateful for... Um, the pats on the back and, you know, the audience and, and everything. It's it's nice. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Deb. Always is. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking about The Handmaid's Tale with star Von Strahovski. And if you like the show, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know, too, who you want to hear from. What stars and producers should we invite on the show? Email us at podcast at variety.com. See you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.